Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Comments made on tonight's broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Blog Talk Radio, the Soul of America Radio, or its host. Hope and Healing takes you from a place of pain, abuse, violence, rejection, and abandonment to a place of hope, healing, and power. All aboard with your author, activist, advocate, and friend, man of purpose himself, and your host for the evening, Mr. J.R. Diglett. ourselves harm and we make no inroads 
for healing or helping the next generation, and we must do that. This must be an educational platform. It is one that is heard across the world, across the globe. We have listeners from everywhere. Let me tell you about another form of a social media that we have as well. I want to invite you to go to our Facebook pages. We have three Facebook pages in particular I want to talk about. Uh, the first one is called Domestic Violence. It is your business. It is actually an active page. It's an open group page there. You can go and actually join it, and you can join it, and it's a place where we we are always posting things there about domestic violence, uh, oftentimes stories about it, other times uh, help resources, how to get out of it, where to go for help, the national hotline number, as well as the different signs of domestic violence and abuse and the uh, impact of domestic violence on children. You want to go there, it's an inspirational page, and it's a page that even if you desire to share, that you can. But then we also have a page that is almost just the opposite of that. It is our Destiny by Choice 2, that's the Roman numeral 2, fellowship page. It is a page where hope and healing is there. It is inspirational. It is all about uplifting. It is testimonial. It is so many different facets of that page. Every day we have a daily roll call. That's an early morning when you get up. It's a great way to check in. This group here is also an invite group. It is a what we like to call a drama-free page, and it's a very great page there where you can inspire and be inspired, and you want to check out that page there. And of course, you can always go to our page there, our personal page is Jay Ficklin there on Facebook. And we're going to be increasing our social media uh, places very soon. We will be on, um, we'll be uh, launching our Twitter page and uh, Twitter, I should say, account and getting all those things going. But whatever way that we can reach someone, that is what we want to do. So that is how you reach us today. Air code 323-784-9638. Air code 323-784-9638. That is how you reach us today. And I'm so glad that you've joined us. And I'm glad that everyone is here on this Monday morning. Uh, should I say on this Monday afternoon, this Monday evening, one day after the Super Bowl and uh mm, Needless to say, it uh, didn't quite turn out the way many of us thought it would. Uh, definitely we could not have predicted that. But I bring up the Super Bowl for one reason, really, and one reason only. Because what research has shown us consistently over the last several years is that sometimes the highest volumes of domestic violence calls happen during the Super Bowl. Some of the highest, highest volumes of domestic violence calls happen during the time of the Super Bowl. And uh, you might be interested in, in, in understanding why that is the case, and it's a very interesting subject matter because of the nature of the physical aggression and the Super Bowl and everyone all pumped up, and, and oftentimes it can become a very scary moment for uh victims of domestic violence. And so uh, tonight uh, we're going to have open lines. We extend ourselves to you tonight. There's so much that we want to talk to you about. Uh, we're going to talk about some things I think you're going to find very fitting as it relates to issues such as not only the domestic violence, but as it relates to the reality of what we've seen. Uh, I am in South Florida at this point, and uh, I know that uh, I would say there's been a rash of violence and definitely domestic violence homicides and as well as homicide suicides since the month of October. And we have just seen literally, if you would, literally 
just amazing things to happen. Uh, I mean, just very sad cases that have happened from coast to coast. We've seen it happen. We've seen things that just have been absolutely, um, it's been sad. We've seen families devastated. We've seen aunts end up being, uh, having to raise their uh, their uh, nieces and nephews, we have seen just uh, so many things that have taken place, and those things have impacted lives all over. And I think that it's so important that as we reach out, as we look to do a greater work, that we have to open up, we have to be the voice to the voiceless, and we have to be the ones that are going to make a difference in this world. I think that it's absolutely uh, imperative that we raise the subject matter, and I'm going to um, take us to a place tonight that I think that is so fitting. I think it's a place tonight that we have to look at, we must look at in a way that, um, that, uh, that is serious. Because, you know, somebody lost a daughter. Someone lost a daughter. Someone lost a niece. Someone lost a granddaughter. Someone lost a mother. And they were lost at the hands of this crime. It was lost at the hand of this devastating uh, thing that we call domestic violence. And we have to be about eradicating it. We must be about changing the dynamics. We must be about being uh, the people that can make the world a better place and know that we can. So that's my challenge to us tonight. We're going to talk about a few things there inside of it. But most of all, it's going to be open line tonight. So I invite you to come on with us. I invite you because you need to invite someone because there is a need. There is a need, and I want to make sure I express it. There is a need to really raise this subject. There's a need today. You know, this is a sad saying that oftentimes those that would best benefit by it are not the ones that listen. But it's a travesty, and I cannot tell you how much of a travesty it is. It's a travesty, beloved, when we literally find ourselves, you know, at the bedside or at the uh, of the hospital side of someone who's lost a family, a loved one. Uh, this is not a joke. This is something that um, impacts people from every walk of life. Uh, unfortunately, I've seen people from every walk of life be impacted by this. This is for the brother. This is for the sister. This is for that individual who has no idea of how far-reaching this issue of domestic violence is because, beloved, it is far-reaching. It reaches in a place that many of us can even imagine that is touching in a tremendous way so what i want to do is open up the lines today and right after uh, a short break here in just a little bit i want to open up the line here we go three two three seven eight four nine six three eight and if you're on the line desire to have a question and or comment just simply hit the number one on your keypad and that will let our producer know that you want to get on the air and we'll get you on the air and therefore you can have an opportunity to address us tonight here on hope and healing a journey to wholeness this is such a critical time and I cannot say um, uh, this is a critical time for us all because this issue here is reaching so far inside of it I deal with uh, victims and I deal with survivors from every walk of life and there are those that would rather just forget it forget that it ever happened but the reality folks is that I'm not sure if we can totally forget that it's ever happened I think that what we have to recognize is the fact that um, it, that uh, no one is exempted from it, and we're trying to break the shame. We're trying to break the what we like to we like to call. We try to break the uh, shame and the blame of this subject matter because we realize that until we open our mouths, until there is um, until there is a uh, 
a, a stance against this issue of domestic violence, then we are going to continue to see the bloodshed. We're going to continue to see generations after generations impact, and that's part of what we want to talk about tonight. How do we how do we make that difference, folks? We we have a responsibility to one another. We have a responsibility to our children. We have a responsibility to make a difference here, and yet it's still it's not happening. And we have to find a way to make that happen. It must happen because of the fact that if we don't do something about it, then what we'll find happening is the fact it will be perpetuated uh, even to the next generation. It will be perpetuated in a way that that you will not even recognize when it's all said and done. So I want to make sure that we have an opportunity tonight to really make a difference inside of this subject matter. You listen to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin. I'm so very glad that you've joined us tonight on the Soul of America Radio Network. And I'm so glad that you've joined us for a number of reasons. Listen, there are families that even right now as I speak are suffering at the hands of a perpetrator, that are suffering at the hand of a loved one, that is uh, suffering at the hands of someone who once said that they love them, but but is not uh, demonstrating the same. So we have an obligation, people. Uh, uh, We have an obligation to one another. We have an obligation to the next generation, and I cannot say that enough here on this show. So as we are going forth tonight, I want to take the opportunity to simply say this to those of you that may be listening by way of Internet, those of you that may be listening by way um, of those things, you need to understand that um, it is important that you speak up. It is important that you understand that there's a lifeline for you. We do this because we know the impact that it makes. We do this because we know that there are individuals that are oftentimes suffering in silence. If I told you the number of calls I get in a given week, I mean, this is just a calls I, I get in a given week. I mean, just through referrals, you'll be amazed. But it makes you aware of how impactful and how far-reaching this issue is. This issue is um, this issue is greater than you can think. This issue is um, is more prevailing uh, than you think. It's happening in, in ways and in places that you would have never thought. And that is why we have to break the silence. We have to break the silence because failure to break the silence, understand what I'm about to say to you, Failure to break the silence is actually almost an endorsement of the situation. I want you to hear that. Failure to break the silence is literally, uh, uh, is literally, if you would, an in, uh, a endorsement of the situation. And I want you to know that you don't have to endorse this. We have to get involved inside of this because of the fact people's lives aren't the same. People's lives aren't the same. When you see lives that are changed, when you see individuals that literally, that have, um, that have literally altered their lives because all of a sudden now they are taking care of children. They're taking care of nieces and nephews. They're taking care of grandchildren. I've seen it too often where we have now grandparents that are now, when they thought they were about ready to retire and to enjoy their lives and about ready to to travel and all of those things there, their lives were altered because of the fact they lost a loved one. They lost a daughter to the issue 
of domestic violence. And so, uh, so much is happening. Listen, this this month of February has so many connotations, folks, um, so many things that we're commemorating. Of course, the month of February being Black History Month and Black uh, National Black History Awareness Month, and we should remember all the contributions of black people throughout <coughs> history, even until today. But we must also understand the blemish that we do have. And that is the blemish, beloved, because the fact that in many cases we are continue to perpetuate the abuse and the violence against one another. And that is where we have to stop it. We have to stop it. This is also the month of, of that we celebrate Valentine's Day, supposedly the love month. And yet it's still for many, love is far far away. Love is, is confusing right now because of the abuse, the verbal abuse, the mental abuse, even the physical abuse. Oftentimes it's still followed by the words, I love you. How do we get beyond that? How do we turn the corner? What is it that we need to be telling our children and our children's children? What is it that we need to be saying at this hour? How do we change, if you would, the, what has become coming uh, socially and culturally accepted? How do we do so when we have a media and we have songs that continue to perpetuate violence, where some of the many artists that many of you celebrate and that you put on pedestal, lyrics are as demeaning and degrad- uh, derogatory as one could even imagine. And so here we are where women are all the B-words and they're no good and, and they're only celebrated for their lips and behind and breasts and things. And so with all that being said, the objectifying of women and objectifying of one another, how is it that we change a culture that continues to say that you're not worth it, that continue to say that you are somehow or another beneath me, that continue to say somehow or another that I'm entitled to, uh, to exercise ownership over you how do we do that in this time that is a question that is right that it's being raised before you right now as you're listening to hope and healing a journey to wholeness uh here on the soul of america radio network i'm your host jr thicklet and right after this short commercial break we're taking your calls area code 323-784-9638 i'll see you on the other side of the road And healing a journey to wholeness with J.R. Thicklin is coming back right after this. You're listening to the Soul of America Radio LLC. This is the one and only Soul. domestic violence in her lifetime. Every year, nearly three million children witness domestic violence right in their homes. Domestic violence is most likely to occur between the hours of 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. More than 60% of domestic abuse incidents happen 
right at home. Survivors of domestic violence face high rates of depression, sleep disturbance, anxiety, flashbacks, and other emotional distress. If you or someone that you know is a victim of domestic violence, or if you think someone is, reach out to them. If you are a victim, reach out to somebody. You can call the National Hotline right now at 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-7233. If you didn't have a chance to write that number down, call Jay Thickler right now at 1-323-784-9638. Speak to Jay right now at 323-784-9638. And now, Hope and Healing, Our Journey to Wholeness, continues with your host, J.R. Thicklin. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin. I'm so very glad that you've joined us here on the Soul of America Radio Network here on this Monday evening and every Monday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. We take you on this incredible journey, hope and healing, a journey to wholeness. And I hope that you're sharing it with friends and hope that you're sharing it with neighbors that were on the airway because I'm telling you, your difference, your, 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 your speaking out, your sharing makes a difference. It helps break the silence and it helps break the issue. And until we can break the issue, until we can break down the barriers, until we can do those type things there, then we'll not even begin to scratch the surface. And my challenge to you um, is that the fact that um, we must break that surface. We must break the surface. We must make a difference. We must continue to speak up and speak out because until we do that, we will continue to see this issue raise, and it will continue to raise itself up. It will find itself inside of so many places and so many things that we do. So my real challenge to each and every one of you today is to be willing to go beyond yourself. If I can get you to go beyond yourself, if I can get you to understand that there's someone that is hurting and someone that is hurting bad and someone that is afraid and someone that is scared and someone who doesn't know what the next move is and someone who thinks that life is, um, has served them an unfair uh, blow, then you must understand that this issue here is so, so impactful. People, we cannot take it lightly. We cannot take it lightly. And I'm not going to be discouraged. I know the fact that we do not address this issue enough. How do you know? Because I see the results. I see the results in our families. 
I see the results happening around us. I see the results going on in our schools. I see them happening. I see the way young people interact with each other. I see the words that are used. I see the interaction, the the sense of ownership and the name calling that is called and all of those things that indicates to us that we have serious serious issues. And until we address these things, they don't go away. And I'm telling you, I need your help to address them. I need you today to make up your mind that you're going to stand on the front line with me, that you're going to stand and that you're not going to allow, you're not going to allow me to stand by myself, but you're going to stand because, in fact, you recognize that someone has to stand up and make a difference because if we don't stand for something, we'll fall for anything. If we don't stand against the evils and the injustices, then people will become partaker of those things, and we cannot afford to take part in those things. We have to do what we have to do now, not tomorrow, but right now, not next week, but right now, because this is a critical hour. Can I say that again? This is a critical, and I do mean a critical hour. It's an hour in which we must step out of our confinement. We must step out of those things that have held us bondage, and we must make up in our mind that this is the day that we are breaking the chains. We're coming out of it, and I'm telling you, you have no idea how liberating it could be. You have no idea how liberating it is for that person who feel like they have been in bondage their entire lives, but someone finally understands. Someone who feels like no one cares, but finally someone understands. Someone who feels as if the whole world has turned against them, but now someone finally cares. Perhaps you're listening tonight and you say, you know, I had a friend, I have a coworker, I had a classmate, I had a neighbor who were victims of domestic violence. And perhaps you felt powerless at the time. You didn't know what to do. Perhaps you didn't know what to say. Perhaps you didn't know which way to start. Perhaps you didn't know which way to turn. And I'm telling you, here's your opportunity, your opportunity to make a difference in a tremendous way, your opportunity to make a difference in a way that can turn uh, lives around. It is your opportunity to make sure that you do not grab hold to the horns of silence and why people's lives are being uh, threatened, while people's lives are being ravished. And that is what's so incredibly important. Listen, I want to take calls tonight, area code 323-784-9638, area code 323-784-9638. That's how you reach us uh, tonight. Uh, uh, call in on that number. And if you desire to be a guest or have a comment or question, you don't have to give your name or even your location. Simply hit the number 1 on your keypad. That lets our producer know that you want to get in. And we'll be so glad to have you in tonight as we open these lines for this very critical, and I do mean very critical subject matter. Folks, it is critical. We're, we're at that place. It, is, it, it has reached critical mass, if you would, because, in fact, we're seeing it. We're seeing more domestic violence, homicides, suicides that are going on now. <clears throat> Entire families are being taken out. Entire families are being taken out because of this type of um, violence. The entire family, I mean, the whole notion, if I can't have you, no one can, has taken another leap, and then we're seeing it happen, and it's not discriminating people. It's not discriminating whatsoever. So that is why we must speak up, and we must speak out, and we must become equipped, and we must galvanize our efforts, and we must say we will not 
sit around idly and watch this issue of domestic violence run rampant. We will speak up. We will speak out. We will no longer allow our brothers and our sisters to be victims of this, our children no longer to be victims of this. We have an obligation, people. We have an obligation, and we must do something about it. And I hope that you understand that until we do something about it, it doesn't go away. It doesn't hide. It doesn't go away simply because you and I decide that we're not going to say anything about it. It's true. It is an issue that we face every day. It's an issue that has not disappeared. It's an issue that we must take uh, ownership with. It's an issue that I think that even in our schools, we've got to have that conversation. We're seeing it go go a little too far now. We're seeing young girls that are threatened, uh, that are threatened, their very lives are threatened by young boys because of the fact this is the way they have been taught to address this issue of abuse and anger and, and all these uh, different dynamics. So it's one of those things that I want you to know that we have to make a difference on. And I uh, would like to hear from you tonight, Erico 323 Erico 323 Erico 323-784-9638. That is how you reach us tonight. Uh, that is how you reach us. If you'd like to have a question or comment, just hit the number one on your keypad, and we will be glad to get you in. And I'm so glad we have a caller on the line. That's right, one of our callers that uh, we're always so glad to have, and I'm going to say to you today, welcome to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. You're on the airway. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? I am doing good. Trying to maintain my voice here. Look like I'm losing it. I'm trying to find it. But other than that, um, <laughs> I am good. Great. I had a um, a comment. I was as I was listening um, to um, you know the topic um, for this evening, and I'm just thinking back to even like when I was a teenager growing up in school, and just. To experience, like, I, you know, I grew up in Wellington, so I went to a predominantly white school, but just to see how the kids would behave at times, you know, so angry and, and fighting and what have you, just because they couldn't have their way for whatever reason. And I think about kids now. I mean, um, a lot of my friends were like Latin kids. Some, more, some of them were, um, even though they lived in those big homes in Wellington, some of them are still, you know, like single families. So, um, and then my friends were surprised that my parents were still together, you know. So, so, um, but um, my question for this evening, and and going back to um, what you had said earlier about um, how women should not feel as though that their property or um, the the guy is feeling as though um, I own you, so to speak, or you're my slave, it goes back to knowing who we are. I mean, I'm speaking on on my end as an African-American woman, Um, knowing who we are, who – who we are in Christ, who we are as a woman, you know, a lot of times we are beat down to the point, you know, because society tells us we have to look a certain way, act a certain way, talk a certain way to be accepted. And um, that shouldn't be because we are all beautiful. We come in all beautiful shades, sizes, colors, you know. Um, It even went as far back to a study where they had, you know, these little girls look at the dolls 
and one was an African American doll and one was a white doll. But the 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 black girl had chose the white doll over her own um, ethnic group. So that I mean, and they did that within probably the last five years. <laughs> that particular study. So it's just amazing that, you know, we we don't believe in who we are. We don't love ourselves enough. You know, and um and I think that's why we tend to put up with so much even though it's not a healthy relationship, but we we feel like, okay, well if mom went through this, she got through it, it must be normal, you know, but it's not okay. You know, love doesn't hurt you. Love doesn't tear you down. Love doesn't call you names, you know. And um, so that was pretty much my comment. Well, I think you bring up a very interesting point because, once again, when we begin to share these type of things and we start talking about um, how people look at themselves, that has a great deal to do with not only the victim but also even the perpetrator because the perpetrator cannot love themselves. Uh, the, the need to feel like that they need to control someone, uh, the need to uh, uh, to uh, not only uh, exercise that control, but seemingly that need to uh, to put someone down, to destroy them inside of so many different uh, things. And I think that, you know, when we feel that way, I mean, um, I, I think there's so much that you said that has so, so much meaning because we have been uh, – in our country, we've been just so conditioned uh, to judge ourselves mm-hmm. from the outside in rather than from the inside out. So our, our mm-hmm. sense of self-worth of who we are, uh, you know, oftentimes goes into that. Uh, unfortunately, I've heard women say, I'd rather have a piece of man than than no man at all. Mm-hmm. And so that speaks mm-hmm. to a whole different group right there. And to think that, you know, I'd rather dodge the raindrop. That's what I like to call it. I like to try to run between the raindrops. In other words, I'll run between the raindrops of the insults, the abuse and things and those things in order just to say that I have someone that loves me, although mm-hmm. their actions are not indicative of the fact that they love me. And so I think that is something that we have to consider, that um, that that we have to take a very deep look at ourselves. But then we have to understand what has culture, what, what, what has happened in our culture that has become so culturally accepted that we look at ourselves through these lens. We look at ourselves through the lens of popular magazines and popular artists and things. Who says that you've got to be a size three or size four and five? Who said that was what defined beautiful? Uh, who said you know, all of these superficial things that we've allowed to be the voice to us and it has caused havoc, it has caused so many things, low self-esteem, and it's caused uh, individuals to go through many things. I, I mean, I've seen people go through the whole thing with anorexia and a blink. Uh, and all those things to try to achieve or maintain a certain size, a certain image. And we have to understand that beauty is skin deep and that uh, who we really are cannot be derived from just what we are on the outside, but it's from the inside out. And we have to recognize that. And, um, And if we don't, then what we do is find ourselves settling. Right. We're settling. And rather than being with someone that helps build us up, than being with someone that helps uh, fortify us and strengthen us. We find someone who's tearing us apart piece by piece, limb by limb. And that's what happens mm-hmm. when we find ourselves in these type of relationships. And I think that you're incredibly, I think you said something incredible inside of that when you, when you, when, when, when these things become our norm, 
you know, we just go through the motion. We go through the motion because somehow or another we feel like this is just our fate in life and this is the way it is. But we must be willing, we must understand, we have to learn to love ourselves. And we have to learn love ourselves more than we allow someone to hurt us. And that's what is uh, very important as we address this issue of uh, violence, domestic violence, abuse, abandonment, and all those things. Um, and and um and and we have to allow that to be said. Um, what do we say, you know, to the young person who continues to think that um, this behavior is somehow or another correct? To continue to think, mm-hmm. uh, I had the unfortunate, and I call it the uh, the, uh, the unfortunate experience. I think it was yesterday, and mm-hmm. I was in traffic, and I was at a light, and the gentleman that was in his truck, the stuff that was coming over his CD player, at mm-hmm. best, was junk. At best, it, I mean, it shouldn't have ever been able to be played on the air. But I heard everything mm-hmm. from the degradation of women being called bees and hoes. I saw everything that you can even think of that was so incredibly um, challenging. And, uh, and, mm-hmm. and I could not. i tell you what I did. Uh, as he was by mm-hmm. me, he saw me there. And what I did is that I rolled up my window. Mm-hmm. I rolled up mm-hmm. my window, and I did it in a mm-hmm. way that he knew that simply I did not want to hear it, and I thought it was disgusting. And that was my way of mm-hmm. letting him know that, uh, you know, listen, that wasn't music. That was an offense to man. That wasn't music. Mm-hmm. That was an offense to mankind. And the fact that here you are uh, somewhere in your 30s and you're playing that type of stuff says a whole lot about your mentality. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. We have to rise above that, and I and I and I yes. definitely appreciate your comments. Eric code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. That is how you reach us today. That is how you reach us. We have another caller number ending in nine one three one. Caller, we're going to get you on the air even right now. Uh, welcome to Hope and Healing: A Journey to Wholeness. You're on the air. Hey, what's going on, Jay? Hey, how's it going, Mike? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Trying to maintain the voice in the midst of so many things, but, you know, even if the sound of the voice is gone, I cannot allow the voice to die when it comes to these atrocities that we have in our life and our society. You know, Mike, this, this, this these type of behaviors, you know, it goes beyond the headlines. It goes beyond those that are in tragically in death. We're talking about cycles, and we're talking about things that are destroying the very fabric of our of our families, the very fabric of our society. And uh, Mike, we have to continue to be a voice to it. What, what say you? Yes, that, that is so true. I was just wanted to make a comment on uh, what you was talking about earlier. You mentioned uh, about you know how the negative music plays such a role in into our behaviors and some of. Uh, our people's behaviors. Absolutely. And one of the things, the, the other day, I was, just to go back a couple of days ago, the, I think it was like on Monday last week, Monday, leading up to the Super Bowl, uh, VH1 had um, what they called, uh, I think it was something blitz. It could have been a music blitz. And yeah. I saw the rapper J. Cole, which, which honestly... I grew up in the hip hop era when Run DMC, um, right, 
LL Cool J in the eighties. I grew up in the eighties. Right. When when the music was it was pretty good music, you know? Yeah. But and let me say this, J. Cole, I listen to some of his rap lyrics and he's not a bad rapper, but the way he represented himself on stage, I was like very upset because his pants was hanging down. Um, you could see his boxes, his underwear, and I was like, "Come on, man. I like this this guy." And this is how you representing us on national TV. So I said, "I'll let to say this." VH1 is televising this stuff. Our kids are looking at this stuff. These people do not care as long as they can make a dollar on these young black people who's rapping. They don't care if they come out there naked. Absolutely. And, you, you know, so not even mentioning lyrics, we're talking about just the presentation itself, the, the, the way they look, the way they dress, the way they act, and, and people are capitalizing on that. And we cannot see that. As people, we cannot see that we owe some type of responsibility to the the people that are buying your music and to the fans and the kids. We owe the responsibility. We are all driven by money, how much money we can make. It's not about how respectful or how we can represent ourselves to our people. You know, you're exactly right. You know, I call it that we become the ultimate. We have become the ultimate sellout, and we have sold out our soul. We've sold out our people. We've sold out our morals. We've sold out our standards. We've sold out the next generation. We've sold them out because of the fact we want the bling, but we lose our dignity. We lose our ability to impact and to influence in a way that helps build us as a people rather than destroy us. And and we continue to see the the, 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 the things, the fallouts of that, Mike. I mean, I, I'm just amazed, you know, and it, it's just I'm just blown away, even when we look at the fact this is Black History Month. And, and I'm just convinced, that, Mike, that, that we, we have to continue to make black history. That we can't look at black history as something that stopped, you know, back in the, you know, in the um, 1900s or something that stopped, you know, um, you know, at the turn of the century. We, we're, we're making black history. We're making history every day. But the problem is now, what would that history say about us? Would that history say that we're more divided now than we were even in the 60s? Would that, would that oh, history man. record the fact that we are now the leading cause of death to one another? Will that history now say that we ourselves have abandoned more children than any other ethnic group? What will that history say about us? Because for people that have come through so much, for people who have overcome so much, for people who put their lives on the line, I cannot help but to continue to think of the folks that was hosed down with water hoses and that was beaten with billy clubs and that people that had dogs uh, uh, sicked on them and people that, that suffered these type of things, I, they did it, and they did not do it for us to be killing one another. They did not exactly. do it for us to just to be, be able to abuse this freedom of speech. And I often say that when people talk about uh, Dr. King's dream, I said, by God, if he could come back from the dead, he would die all over again, but this time with a broken heart. A broken heart to see what? some of the things that, that have happened with us as a people. And I think that we, 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 have, a, a, we have a 
debt of gratitude that we owe to the people that went before us. And there's a sad thing that has happened. Go right ahead. No, 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 no. I, I agree with you so much, Joey. You just don't know. And you just really confirmed something for me. And and, I'll, and let me let, just let me add this. You asked, are we better off now than we were in the 60s? When I say you confirm something for me, because I've been struggling with the show topic for this Thursday, and the show topic this Thursday, it basically is, it was between two topics, and one of them, one topic is, are we better off now than we were in the 60s? Wow. I mean, that was powerful. I'm like, and I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, my God, he just confirmed that is what I need to do, because, I, I mean, I it was one was not even on that level, but I, wow. you know. Anyway, and, and so Jay, to answer that question, question that is a legitimate question. That is an awesome question, and, and and you hit it on the nail. You hit the the um the nail on the head with the hammer. Are we better off? No, I mean, well, yeah, we are, but but are we living up to the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King? No. No, financially, we financially, yeah, we 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 probably are financially, but it's financial is not what it takes to get our people to the next level. You know what I mean? Financially, it, it's not that dignity. Where our dignity? Where's our self-respect? Where where is our um um? What's the word I'm looking for? We don't have we don't have that. We don't have that. And we need to get we need to get back to the basics. We got a lot of growing to go. I mean a lot of growing to do. I'm sorry. You got you me excited over here, Jay. I can't even talk I'm sweating. Well Mike, one of the things I think is so important and I I hear it and I and I and I try to live to it is that we owe it to the next generation to give them something better than what we had. And I'm afraid that we are Amen. not going that way. Um um you know, I'm afraid that uh, we have not gone that way, and so therefore we've cheated that generation. But here's the sad part about it. Uh, I'm wondering, in some cases, do the generation even want what we have because of the fact that somewhere along the line we have missed. There's been a generation missed in between. And uh, sure. there was a gentleman by the name of Josh McDowell who wrote a book years ago called The Disconnected Generation. Yes, and inside of this disconnected generation, he talked about the fact that somehow or another we did not pass on to the next generation the things that we learned. I think for many, we continue to say, "Well, I went through this and I went through that, and I don't want my children to go through this or go through that." But let me say, the things that we went through made us. They have shaped yes. who we were. They helped right. cause us to be appreciative about things. We could appreciate that which we didn't have because, in fact, we knew we knew how much that was was not at our disposal. But now, given too much, we we give too much. We have given everything and everything yes. but the right thing because I think that's yeah, what exactly. the problem is that we give everything. Exactly. But the right thing. You know, Mike. I look at my own self and I, I say this. You know, here it is that I could look at. Cell phone bills, just taking care of myself and my and my and my and my kids. Just cell phone mm-hmm. bills. I mean, you're I mean, you're in the three hundred some dollars a month, four hundred dollars a month, just in cell mm-hmm. phone. Are you kidding me? I mean, that is all. <laughs> Look, that's a car payment. It's a car payment. 
You and put a string on a cup. Exactly. And then the thing about it, because the fact it's become such a standard in our in our society today that our kids feel like we are abandoning them or we are we would be rejected them or we would be um somehow or another uh, uh uh you know uh you know, doing Neglected. wrong by them. Neglected. Yeah, exactly. Because of the fact that we uh you know, if we took it from them it didn't allow them to have it. And so that's that's, that's amazing. The thing. It is amazing, but we we look to do that on one end. I keep saying we want to give them something greater than what we have. Our parents and foreparents did it. Many of our parents and foreparents didn't even get a chance to finish college or go to college or finish school, but they did all they can to make sure that we did. Many of our parents and foreparents, uh, uh, they worked jobs and did things that today that we think are beneath us to do. But they did in order for us to have a better opportunity. Today we have people that are shunning. Too many of our young men are shunning uh, this opportunity. They're not wanting to even finish high school, let alone talk about further. So we have a real serious issue in our society today because of the fact there there isn't this pledge. There isn't this commitment to the next generation. There isn't this commitment to saying that we will do better. We have to do better. I owe it to you. I owe it to them. I've got to push you further because the failure to push you further is to keep my own self in bondage. And I think that's what's incredibly important for us to do in this day and time. Area code 323 Area code 323-784-9638. That's how you reach us today. You're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness right here on the Soul of America Radio Network. I'm your host, J.R. Thickland, and I'm so glad that you've joined us. And i We'll take more of your calls right after the break. to the Soul of America Radio. You're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. And remember, you can catch this show every Monday night, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 8 o'clock p.m. Central. And give them a call tonight at 323-784-9638. 323-784-9638. This is Thor. Two three seven eight four nine six three eight. You give Jay a call right now. And now back to the show.
back to Open Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklet, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us here tonight on the Soul of America Radio Network. I am your host, J.R. Thicklet, and this has been a tremendous Monday, and I'm so grateful for each and every one of our callers that have called in and those of you that are listening by way of Internet as well as by way of phone. Always glad to have Mike uh, call in. Uh, always add such insight and substance to the call and to the show. Mike has his own show that uh, airs every Thursday, and um, I'm telling you, it is just real. It is real. It is real. Uh, it, as a matter of fact, what am I saying? That's the name of it. It's called Real Talk. <laughs> and so it is real talk because Mike doesn't sugarcoat it. He looks uh, to go right at the juggler vein. <laughs> and, then, and then we have to have that type of. Um, uh, that type of approach these days. We have to go for the juggler vein. And also always very glad to have our callers. Um, Gloria, always contributing so much uh, to the show tonight. Um, it is 9.52. Uh, we're going to take the show on to right about 10 o'clock tonight. We're going to be an early show out and everything. But um, our phone lines are open, area code 323-784-9638. That is the number that you can reach us. Uh, if you'd like to say, uh, have a question or comment, simply hit the number one on your keypad. We'll get you on the air. Our producer let us know that you're ready to come on the air. You have a comment, and we'll get you there. And I hope I didn't lose. I think I lost a couple of callers earlier uh, accidentally. But I hope that you're back, and that simply if you like to be on uh, the air, have a question and a comment, simply hit the number one on your keypad, and I'll make sure that we get you on tonight. You know, uh, as I said earlier, this is also uh, Black History Month. And um, on last week, uh, myself and some of my colleagues on another radio network, uh, we uh, tackled the issue. The It was called the social historical and cultural perspective of domestic violence. And we're talking about going way back, and we're talking about some of the cultural and historical uh, social perspective of this issue, even for those, uh, even going back to Africa, even going back to Africa and even through slavery. How is it that this became part of our culture? And uh, how is it that this became part of who we are and our acceptance of this type of violence? And what we understand, there are a lot of things that are rooted way back. Some things were rooted in laws. As a matter of fact, even in this country, um, once upon a time, it was perfectly permissible for a man to beat his wife as long as he did not use that was wider than his thumb. Let me say it again. It's permissible for a man to beat his wife as long as he did not use a ruler or uh, that was thicker than his thumb. That is where we get the phrase rule of thumb from, as a rule of thumb. And um, so a lot of time we hear things we have no idea what it means and the historical context behind it. But another law that existed once upon a time in this country was um, a law which was called the Curd Law, which said that it was perfectly all right for a man to um, uh, beat his wife as long as he drew the curtain so that neighbors and onlookers could see. So it basically it under it under um, it under um, I guess it undergirded the whole notion that what happens in this house stays in this house. You could do so. Uh, this is your wife. This is your property. But just don't make the whole world privy to it. And so when we had laws on the books and things that reflected those type of things, you know, we saw more and more of this happening. And the fact that we have to fight tooth and nail, fight in the legislature, Excuse me. Fight even uh, in the halls of the le- uh, legislators and things to change laws 
then we have to recognize that a lot of these laws wasn't changed until we've seen deaths and severe uh, deaths and individuals that were uh, that was killed and severely injured or a number of things happened in order for us to have laws change. And that's why we cannot afford to go back. We cannot afford to go back. We cannot afford to slip. Um, you know, we cannot do so. Uh, we have to continue to, to um, look for it. Uh, we have to continue to look at um, uh, how do we change things. We must become uh, agents of change or change agents if we will um going to eradicate the issue of domestic violence. And so that's what is so important about that. We have to change the way our boys see themselves and see their roles. We have to change the way our girls see themselves and their roles. And we must be serious about what we are doing and what we are allowed to be. Because the issue of domestic violence is a serious issue. And we see it happening very young. uh, things that are happening uh, that um, have um, completely turned families upside down. The old Ashanti proverb says that the ruin of a nation begins in the homes of its people. And I just simply want to say to you, even as we prepare to close this show out on tonight, that you can make a difference. How can you make a difference? You can stand up. You can speak out. You can simply uh, proclaim that there's no abuse uh, there's no abuse that, that's going to happen around me. In the next few weeks and months, I'm going to be bringing to you some very special announcements and some very special opportunities, how you can stand with me and Destiny by Choice and raising awareness about the issue of domestic violence. There's a greater platform of which we know that we're aiming toward, but I need your support. I need your awareness. I need you. I need your support financially. I need your support um, uh, spiritually. I need your support. Uh, there is a fight, and there is a fight that that we must fight, and I know that unless we fight this fight, things will continue on status quo. So I say to you tonight that as you look into yourself and you understand that you yourself can make a difference, yes, you can. Ask that you ask yourself and begin to ask, how can you make a difference? And let's prepare to stand together so that we can eradicate this issue of domestic violence. It is crucial it is critical, and guess what? It won't go away unless we do something about it. And until next time, next week, at this same time, this is J.R. Thickland saying, have a great evening, and I'll see you on next week.
4th or March 7th, so it's always that first week. Yeah, that's what that is. Everything. So if I could make it, I sure would. <laughs> 